This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharif Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Dr. Tracy Farber is a trauma psychologist currently working at Tel Aviv University and a specialist in traumatic bereavement. She, together with two colleagues at Wits University, has written an article on Trauma Trilogy of Catastrophic Grief, Survivor Guilt and Anger in Child Holocaust Survivors. Dr. Farber, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Sheree. You've been in Tel Aviv University for how long now, Dr. Farber? I have been at Tel Aviv University for nearly a year. I work in the psychological psychological services of the international department. So I see English-speaking students from all over the world, and I see English-speaking staff and English-speaking postdoctoral students. Tel Aviv has a very big international academic department and so my, my uh, job is to do psychotherapy with the, the people who need help. So the last time we spoke it was just I think once you'd completed your PhD and your topic was on uh, Holocaust survivors as children and how they experienced uh, grief. Tell me about your new research and, and the article that you've just written together with your two colleagues. Firstly, about my two colleagues. It was a great privilege to write with them. They're both professors at Wits. One is Professor Gillian Eagle from the psychology department. And the other is Professor Cora Smith, who is a professor, works in the psychiatry department. So Professor Eagle specializes in trauma and Professor Smith specializes in child and adolescent development. And we basically wrote the article together, the three of us, and it was based on some of my PhD research. And the journal was published in the Journal of Trauma and Loss in in April of this year. You drew on your, your original research. What did you hope to add to that, Tracy? We looked very broadly at what Holocaust survivors went through. I interviewed them in their old age, and the sample that I interviewed were in concentration camps when they were either children or adolescents. I took about 74 hours of testimony. They were enormously generous and kind and giving in the way that they totally embraced me and shared their stories with me. And then we looked at the, at the testimony. We broke it down. We tried to understand it. And then after the PhD was published, I took an aspect of the research and we enlarged on that. So what we did was we found that all of the survivors, some of them, and I interviewed nine of them in depth. Some of them were very resilient. In fact, they were all resilient, but some of them suffered from quite extreme depression and post-traumatic stress. Others were very highly functional. But what we found with all of them, they suffered from what we call catastrophic grief. It was a grief that was there from when they were children. And when they were old people, they had never got over the loss of their parents. It was a grief that they really carried with them because not it was their parents, but it was their parents, their siblings, their town, their community, their country, and the trauma trilogy really focuses on what are the nuances of grief. That was what the article really explored. And so what I did was, what we did was we wrote about the article then, and then I've also looked to integrate it into how can we understand grief in the here and now. 
because when people lose somebody traumatically, in other words, there isn't warning and the person dies very suddenly, there's been no preparation. And what happens with traumatic grief is that sometimes in addition to the grief, there's also a lot of anger about why did the person die and also sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes a sense of survivor guilt, especially it can be with close relatives. Why did they die and not me? And this was something that we found with a lot of the survivors. For example, we had survivors who didn't or who didn't often sit down and cry because they'd been shoring up their feelings so many years. But they would speak with a lot of anger, for example, about how their family had been killed. Maybe they didn't speak with anger and they were quite shut down. And when one asked about the story and what they went through, some of them expressed some survivor guilt, which had really tormented them over the years. For example, um, one of them said, um, when I said goodbye to my sisters, they were on their way to Madanik. And there was a piece of bread that they gave me. And for the rest of time, I felt so guilty that I accepted the bread from my older sisters because they needed it more than I did. And there you have a kind of terrible sense of survivor guilt that sat with that young person up until old age. Another example was one of um, my people who... One of, one of my participants who, who found herself at Auschwitz at 12, she'd lost everybody. And she said to me she had a brother who was 10 months younger than her. And why did he die and not her? This was her, this was her dilemma that went on for years and years. And the final thing I wanted to add, Cherise, before I give you a chance to ask more questions, Dr. Edith Egger, who's a clinical psychologist and also a Holocaust survivor, she speaks about uh, the trauma trilogy very clearly in her book, too. She doesn't call it the trauma trilogy. We've, we've called it the trauma trilogy. But she speaks in a very poignant way about her sadness, about her anger. And finally, she speaks about her own survivor guilt in relation to her mother, which was so terrible because for years and years she, she felt responsible when the Germans said to her, is this your sister or is this your mother? And she immediately said, my mother, and felt so bad afterwards because if she just kept quiet or said my sister, her mother's life may have been saved. So one can see the sadness in the, in the kind of burden of, of guilt that these children and adolescents carry into their old age. And this is something that, 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 that we highlighted in the article, both the grief, the anger, and the survivor guilt. Just listening to you, the word, I mean, the grief, anger, survivor guilt, but the word that strikes me out of all of them that is catastrophic. Um, yes. it's, it's like the Holocaust was the most catastrophic event. And the lessons learned, I mean, it almost seems banal to compare anything subsequent to that. But I think a point that Edith makes in her book is for the person who's suffering, it doesn't actually matter what the event was, that that those feelings are the same. And is that correct? Yes, it is. For example, people, for example, would feel like um, they lost a close sibling. They would feel angry. Let's say, for example, you have a woman and she has a younger sister who was on drugs. The sister dies and she feels extremely pain 
and extremely angry about the sister's sudden death. And then there's all the survivor guilt. She had such a hard time in her life. I had it easier than her. Did I do enough to help her? Why couldn't I save her? What could have I done differently? And so that's what Dr. Eager is saying, that the Holocaust is really um, a symbol of great pain. But we as human beings definitely carry all these different shades of emotional experience in all of us. And also, when I think of COVID, I mean, there's no comparison between COVID and the Holocaust, but I know many people who have lost loved ones suddenly to COVID. And I think for many of them, the shock of what actually happened, almost worse than the grief, possibly. Well, the grief, it takes them a long time to process the grief because they can't believe the person's gone. And to be stuck in, in, a, in, a, in a space of being stunned, it can continue for weeks and sometimes even months. And the person struggles to engage with their grief. And so they, they're very stuck in the trauma, in the shock. They'll have potentially flashbacks or their brain will keep going over the first time they heard the news, then they won't believe the person's gone. And so that sense of being in a state of shock is a very frightening and very paralyzed space to be in. And um, that is often where we work with people who've been through trauma, to ha- a traumatic bereavement, to help them to process the trauma. The grief is terrible. There's nothing easy about grief ever. But to be stuck in the trauma so badly that you can't engage with the grief because the trauma and the shock is ripping through your body is a very, very deeply uncomfortable and awful place to be. Counseling, uh, Tracy, I mean, obviously you, you started off by explaining you're at the university, you're helping students who are coming in for the first time to adapt. Do you think counseling is and offers a, a, a solution, a panacea to, to these kind of problems, issues? To, to traumatic bereavement. All kinds yes, of stress. Well, you know what? I really am a strong believer that it depends on the person. I think that therapy isn't for everybody. And um, I think that certain people who are not talkers especially struggle with therapy a lot. People who emotionally shut down struggle a lot. But I think that to walk around with unprocessed trauma and unprocessed grief is also not easy because I think people, that can cause problems of its own. It can undermine the immune system um, one can start developing other mental health problems. And so I think that in the case of traumatic bereavement, whether you're a person who thinks therapy is a good idea or not, I think that if one is in a very bad space of trauma and one's having lots of flashbacks and it's difficult to function, I think that therapy is worth trying for sure because what that does is actually help the person to process the shock and the trauma. Of course, grief is grief. And the pain is waiting and there's nothing one can do with the pain, you know, about pain. It's unfortunately a very tragic part of, of living that all of us go through when we lose someone we love. Grief is, is a very, a very, very painful place to sit in. Um, but I think that being stuck in trauma and unable to actually work with grief because one's nervous system is in such a bad way is a very paralyzed space to be in. I think that definitely uh, there, there is a place for trauma, but I think there's a lot to be said for exercise. There's a lot to be said for people going and doing the kinds of things that make them feel better, because I think therapy is a very important part of processing trauma. The trauma, trauma also gets stuck in the body, and one needs to go and do physical things that help. 
like exercise, like massage, like yoga, like any of these kinds of things that help people to soothe themselves. So I'm going to revert now to your title, Dr. Barber, because you are still offering counseling, even though you are in Tel Aviv. I know you've built up a, a big practice of trauma counseling here in Johannesburg. Are you still available? Yes, I still do work on Zoom. I am still licensed to work in Johannesburg, and I still do see people on Zoom. And I also have a practice in Tel Aviv, so I'm seeing people here. I'm also available to help if people need to find a psychiatrist or they need to find a different kind of therapist in Tel Aviv with pleasure. Dr. Farber, on that note, how would anybody get hold of you if they'd like to be in touch? I think the best thing is to leave my email. My email is T. F-A-R-V-E-R at telcomsa.net. I'll say it again. T-F-A-R-V-E-R at telcomsa.net. If they send me an email, then I will get hold of them as soon as possible and, and go from there. So be it in Tel Aviv or Johannesburg, you're available. Dr. Tracy Barber, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. And I always find the conversations go so quickly. And I know we scheduled to talk about grit sometime, if not this year, early in the next yes. year. So I look forward yes. to seeing you again then. Thanks so much, Sharice. That was Dr. Tracy Farber, trauma psychologist, currently working at Tel Aviv University.